Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Doc Coyle, host of the X-Man Podcast and part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. The X-Man Podcast is where I talk to professionals in the music world and other creative industries about the challenges and transitions of leaving monumental ventures. This podcast is for those passionate and driven 20 to 30-somethings at a crossroad trying to figure out what's next. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Peer Pleasure Podcast. This is Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. Today, our guest is Jeff Rickley from Thursday. I know a lot of you guys have seen Thursday on the reunion tour that's going on now. And I was able to connect with Jeff uh, at the Roseland Theater here in Portland, Oregon, where I've been doing a lot of interviews lately, a lot of great bands coming through, old friends, new friends, and uh, you know, people I've never met. And uh, I'm enjoying the in-person stuff. Um, big shout out to my cousin Alan for helping fix some of the audio situation. We were interviewing in the green room and uh, it was a little echoey and the voices got a little quiet here and there, a little fluctuation. So we threw some compression on it and got it sounding real nice for you. So uh, really excited to talk to Jeff. Uh, he was a big part of Anatomy of a Ghost becoming a band and everything we did together. 
Um, he was just a huge part of that. The whole band Thursday was, but I really wanted to pick Jeff's brain about a lot of things, music, um, you know, his life, where he came from, where he's going, what he did during the time off, just a lot of, a lot of great stuff here. So we are on peerpleasurepodcast.com. Definitely go there, check out the website. We've got everything on there. We've got the show notes. We've got the past episodes. We've got all of our affiliates, uh, our Amazon affiliate link. Um, 4% of everything you buy on Amazon using that link goes back to us, helps us keep the lights on. Uh, there's a link to the Peer Pleasure store. Uh, there's now a press link as well, so you can check out some of the press we've been getting. Peer Pleasure's been doing really well. Um, we've had a lot of great press. Um, I was just on the Break It Down podcast with Matt Carter. That was a great time, and uh, go check that out over at breakitdownpod.com. Um, and uh, I go over the anatomy of a ghost story a little bit. And uh, what I'm doing now, as most of you know, um, doing commercial plumbing. So the podcast has been a great way to be creative still and, and get the word out there about different things that I'm doing and talk to old friends. So definitely check out that episode. It was a lot of fun to do with Matt. Uh, he's doing a weekly podcast now or a daily podcast rather now. And uh, if you notice, I sound a bit different. Uh, it's a big shout out to my buddy, Derek Waller. Uh, for helping us out and getting a uh, new SM7B microphone from Sure and uh, some new gear. So hopefully we're coming across better to you now, sounding better. Um, you know, definitely trying to boost it up a little bit here and, and sound as best as we can for you. I know we've had some audio issues in the past. Anyway, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the site. Go there for everything. Um, definitely rate and subscribe on iTunes. Those ratings really help us out, guys. If you go and give us a five-star, if you like the show, uh, definitely helps us out a ton and getting those reviews, you know, aside from feeling great, uh, also helps us with chart position and advertising and everything else. So definitely, if you haven't yet go and rate and subscribe to the show. Um, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, last week we had Anthony green from circus survive and Sayosin. that was a huge episode and definitely go check that out. If you haven't yet in our past episodes, uh, we'll also be doing a throwback Thursday episode, I believe of Colin Frangicetto from also from circus survives episode, which was an amazing episode. That was episode eight. So definitely go back and check that out if you get the time. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Jeff Rickley from Thursday. And then okay. uh, Portugal the Man. Yeah, 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 of course. Of yeah, course, a yeah. long time ago, actually here uh, at the uh, Roseland, yeah. it was you guys and Thrice. Wow. And that was one of those tours that was like, 
We Who else was in Anatomy? Ryan? No, uh, there's Joe Simon and then John Gorley and Zach Crothers from Portugal and then uh, Nick Simon. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a crazy time, man. We like I remember, and I just I went ahead and started the recording. So okay. can just do yeah. it. I know your time's so short, but um, so first time here in Thursday, I was working at Walmart. We moved down from Alaska to start trying to tour and get signed and stuff. Working at Walmart with my buddies from Anatomy, and mm-hmm. and they had a Victory Records sampler, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like closing time, and we're we're zoning up electronics or something like that, and that song came on, uh, uh, Understanding a Car Crash, mm. and I like turned to my buddy Jim, I'm like, who is this? He's like, called Thursday, and I was like, this is insane, and we played it probably four or five times, and like repeated, like I've never heard anything like this. That's awesome. And at that point, like our musical socialization was Green Day and like super accessible bands, Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) dude, I went home that night, went down the basement, and we literally tried to write that song. <laughs> it was awesome. hilarious. And uh, looking back on it now, because I was like, man, that was so cheesy. Why would we do that? And, and that I've completely done that so changed times. us. You, you have? Okay. <laughs> that completely changed us from what we were, which was just a straightforward punk band, into like, man, we should add some layers to this. That's cool, man. That's and, really uh, cool to hear. And then you guys came to a club called the Meow Meow. I remember the Meow Meow. And we played there all the time and we're like Thursday's playing the Meow Meow that's insane let's go and that was one of those shows like Meow Meow was like upstairs right yeah Yeah, it's now apartments it's now apartments and uh that was a sad day when that closed down that was an awesome club so I remember the Christmas lights and everything it was insane uh but you guys played and we're looking around and it's all bands huh and you could you could see that shift changing Mm -hmm. uh from all these bands that were just straightforward punk bands into Everyone Wants to Be Thursday. <laughs> I remember and that period. It was crazy. Yeah. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because yeah, you lived sure. through that. So what was that like for you? Because you guys you obviously knew no one really sounded like you when you were writing the songs. Right. Did you have any idea it was gonna take off like that? I mean, or? No, we planned, so when we wrote Full Collapse, I remember I was convincing the guys we should drop out of school and do it for a year, mm-hmm. just a year. We go back and finish school. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, hey, a year. And so we <clears throat> hand the record in the victory. And we get a call from one of the higher ups there, and they're like, yeah, it's okay. It just doesn't have any singles. We're like, oh, well. Like, oh, by the way, the person that had signed us to victory had left before our record got. Perfect. So it was like, nobody there was <laughs> had our back. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah. there was like, this band rules, trust them. Yeah. No, it was like somebody had flopped this band in our lap. They gave us this record with no singles. They were like, maybe if you like, if you let us edit down, cross out the eyes. And we were like, what are you going to take out? Like the best parts? You know what I mean? Like you're going to take out the best parts. Yeah. So um, we were like, no, can't edit it. We were like, we want to make a video for understanding the car crash. They were like, no. So we made it ourselves. Uh-huh. And it's funny because the guy who shot it now... Is a pretty big DP. He shoots movies. Uh, he shot Midnight Special. Mm-hmm. He does all Jeff Nichols movies. So Midnight Special, Loving. He just won a big award for Loving. Um, but a lot of that kind of stuff takes shelter. Um, <clears throat> and like that video, when it, you know, sort of hit everywhere and was on MTV all the time. It was like the first time that mini DV video mm-hmm. was allowed to be on MTV. And then suddenly everybody was like, oh, we can make our video too. 
anybody can make a video. It was almost kind of like what happened for a second. So it was like interesting, a lot of the influences that we ended up having on people at the time, there were some things that were just right time, right place like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas like we didn't have any money and so we were forced into something that ended up being for the best because it made us look different, made us look new and more underground and more, you know, it's just funny things like that. Um, but we never had any thought that it would take off. I remember everybody besides Victory that I played the record for would mm -hmm. be like, there's something to this. I just have a feeling. Mm -hmm. And I remember it started out people being like, you're going to be as big as Lifetime because we were a New Jersey band. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you guys are like the next hour of music. And then it was just like weird when we kept on, you know, and then I remember when we sold 100,000 records on Victory, one of our friends in a big band, like it might've been Walter from Quicksand or something. He's like, oh, you're indie platinum now. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like that's as big as it's going to go. And it went on to sell almost half a million copies, um, like 460 or something, just enough that we don't have a gold record, but like a lot, yeah. you know? Um, and that was a shock. And then it was like, just, it just kept going. And, you know, I think all my college credits expired a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> so, cause I was in my last semester. I actually didn't take off even the last year. I took off the last semester uh -huh. and now I'm not going to be able to finish because of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but no, we had no idea. So when it started, it was an interesting thing. When bands started to sound like us, it was flattering. And then when the bands that sounded like us got way bigger than us, it yeah. started to be a little weird. Mm -hmm. And, um, the thing that I most resented about that wasn't that they were bigger, but that they were they were cherry picking the qualities that the crowd seemed to like the best, mm -hmm. and not taking sort of the underlying deeper, you know, sense of exploration and that kind of stuff that I sure. thought was so crucial. Um, so it was like it was a bit of a mixed bag for me seeing other bands that sounded like us after that. Yeah, because um, that took off. I mean, when you guys and then you guys went to Ireland. I mean, and then Thrice went to Highland. It yeah. was so funny watching because Thrice are buddies of mine yeah. too, and and they were episode two of this podcast. Uh -huh. And uh, watching them, like we used to go up to the Crystal Barn here and hang out in the van, mm -hmm. just weird as some kids in town, and ended up kind of hitting it off. And and uh, watching, it was like always Thrice Thursday, Thrice Thursday, Thrice Thursday. And you guys didn't sound alike. No, we didn't really. Which was cool because it was just like these bros, like going wherever you know. <coughs> um, when you went to Ireland from, what was that like? Did they just approach you into, uh, no problem. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, even better. <sighs> Sorry about this. No problem, dude. That's the world of podcasting. You can do whatever the hell you want. Cough <laughs> That was impressive. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting with Thrice. Um, before we ever met them, yeah, people be like, "You gotta meet this band Thrice on the West Coast. They're starting to do stuff. They're not. They don't sound like you, but like you guys are such similar people. Like they're like you're both quiet, not like at all what you'd expect from your band. Mm -hmm. um, and what we didn't know is at the same time people were like, <clears throat> "You guys got a tour opening for Thursday because." You guys are so like like personalized, and so it was like we kept on hearing about each other over and over again, and then randomly signed to the same label, um, and the label just decided they were gonna because we were just a, maybe a year or two ahead of Thrice in mm -hmm. terms of popularity. Uh, the label decided we're gonna be able to sell Thrice by 
you know, putting them on tour Thursday and putting them on samplers on Thursday and Thursday, 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 you know, they'll be in the same, mm-hmm. they'll be right next to each other in record stores because the TH back when that mattered. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of strange because like you noted, like we didn't really sound alike at all. Yeah. So it was a sort of strange thing to have a label kind of like put us in a box together. Um, particularly there was a president, I'm not going to name names because he's very, very, uh, <clears throat> he's a very visible person, but he was like, oh, what's up, man? Yeah, it's good to see you Thursday. Yeah, that new video is sick. And I was like, oh, new video. And I like, looked down the hallway and playing as the new Thrice video. And what I couldn't <laughs> help but thinking was like, who do you think I am in that band? Yeah. You know, I don't look like any of those guys. No, you know what I mean? So I was like, me? Tepe, yeah. That's what I thought too. I was like, wow, if he thinks I'm Tepe, like yeah. he's really, you know, like that's go. gotta be it. I don't know who else it could be. But, uh, but you know, in that case, it'd be like, I don't see race. It's like, well, maybe you don't. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it was, yeah, it was, fine. yeah. It's like, wow, well, somebody actually means it. Um, like, literally can't distinguish it. Um, but, but, uh, it was just a it was a weird culture man it was um you know we never really were thinking like wow when we get to a major label it was more that uh things were just untenable for us at victory we couldn't stay there any longer it had gotten so bad you know we made that big public statement even about them which became a trend on even that became a trend on victory and people being like that label's the worst we got to get out of here i think a band just won a huge lawsuit against them or something like millions of dollars which is absolutely insane bands don't make that kind of money on their own totally (laughs) totally um it's funny to even influence that aspect of it because by the time the bands that just won the lawsuits we're signing to the label. Mm-hmm. We had already said everybody should be careful. Like these guys yeah. are not good to artists. So it's just strange to see a band be like, we know that mm-hmm. we're going to sign anyway. We don't care. They're really not treating us. Good. It's like, no shit. <laughs> right. And you're locked down. <laughs> right. Like we told you like, and when we left, they closed up all the holes in the contract that uh-huh. we jumped through. Cause we <laughs> got really lucky. Yeah. Um, it's just funny man it's just um it was just a funny period funny time i started like having a real kind of like on the love-hate relationship with bands that sounded like us i started really hating other bands that sounded like us Mm -hmm. for a while um and but now i'm in a good place with it because like all the younger bands that that have influence from us now Mm -hmm. it's been so long that they've got influences from a ton of different places we're not the flavor of the moment anymore it's like they're they're influenced us because like they see what's good about us yeah and so like when it's bands as different as Touche Amore and Death Heaven you know things like that or like the guy uh, who's opening tonight Cities of Eve like stuff like that it's like it's really different bands you know Wax Idols who are just out with us like mm-hmm. we're big influence on them they're like a all-female goth band you yeah, know what I mean it's yeah. like so when you can have that different influences on different people yeah. um, then in that case it feels good yeah. you know because none of them are like we sound like Thursday it's just like no I, you know, I like that guitar part or I like the way you wrote your lyrics you know just some little aspect that I'm like yeah that part is good like I think that part is empirically good about our band <laughs> and then and then it's kind of cool yeah. yeah that's awesome and I we went to we went to the extent of I think that's when Zach got his first Warwick bass, and he was like, "Cause we always made fun of those things. We're like, that's yeah. ridiculous. Like we yeah. had all these standards and stuff. And then we listened to the record, and it's like, 
he's playing war, but get a war away. Sounds amazing. Yeah, get a chorus pedal, like whatever, you know, like it was that, looking back on it now, like I said, it was just hilarious because, but we were so. Because we were also still trying to figure it out. Like Tim was like, yeah, Warwick, like gave me some basses. So like, why wouldn't I play a Warwick? Sure. Later on, he's like, can't play a Warwick. I got to play a jazz bass. Like (laughs) this is what I've, this is, this is what I learned on. This is what I got to play. Like I can't play Warwick anymore. So it's just funny, like. Oh, Thursday's doing it. It's like Thursday wouldn't be doing a defender was giving them basics. Exactly. But it's a fun thing to see, man. Dude. Right now it's nice that all the you know, the brands that we love yeah. love us back and give us stuff. That is awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> but, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, did you enjoy did you get to enjoy the ride while it was happening? Or was it so fast? I remember watching again, thrice the DVD they put out. Mm-hmm. And they were like going over their schedule. And I was like, how the fuck do you do that? I'm sure you guys were in the same boat. You're going yeah. to this country, you're going to this country, you need to fly here. This is, and like even today probably, this was probably on a day sheet maybe from Paul. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hit him up, Mike Mowry, uh, my boy in, in uh, DC. I know Mike, yeah. Hit, okay, cool. He uh, he hit him up, and because I was like, hey, Thursday's coming to town, I'd love to talk to Jeff. <clears throat> and literally, Paul wrote back and was like, dude, I've heard your show, awesome, yeah, let's do it. So I was like, it's still gonna be that structured, like, you know, I'm, it, are you able to enjoy yourself, I guess, or, or enjoy that ride? Now I am. Yeah. Back then, ah, I, I don't know. You know, like there's a song at this velocity about like the time we like crash landed in Australia, like on on the runway, but not a not a smooth landing. Um, but the song was really a metaphor for how fast things are mm-hmm. on tour. Like you don't, it's not alive. You're just like overwhelmed constantly. Yeah. Um, and. That's how I felt all the time. I didn't know how to stop it. And I knew that I should feel lucky and grateful, but instead I felt like miserable most of the time. Uh-huh. I like I got married on tour. I got divorced on tour. You know what I mean? It's like, you. yeah, it's just, I should be enjoying it. And instead I'm like, just miserable. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's like, that's really tough. You know, people have dream jobs that everybody would kill for and they're not happy. It's, um, it's tough, especially when there's a lot of people's livelihoods at stake. You know, it's not just us and people at the label and whatever else. It's mm-hmm. like the people that we hire crew-wise. It's, yeah. you know, there's so many people. So um, it just got to be a thing. I just hated doing it as a job. You know, it really mm-hmm. became my job. And uh, it became a job where I couldn't be home for 300 days a year half the mm-hmm. time, you know. Um, so I don't think... I, th- I don't think I could ever do that again that way. You know, yeah. I think six months would probably have to be my cap for a time on the road a year. Mm-hmm. You know, at th- next year, the band will be 20 years old. It's crazy to me. It's insane. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it's true. It's You want to believe that every band is always having fun, but... Yeah. I think it's better for everybody when the band doesn't do as much. Yeah. <clears throat> People are excited to see them feels like a rare treat yeah <clears throat> the band's actually happy to play they like enjoy the shows and they play better because of it you know it's just yeah. everything kind of comes together to be better sure. but when you know when the iron's hot it's really hard to not want to strike again and again and again you know yeah <clears throat> i mean married and divorced on the road i mean you how did you deal with that ride i mean what you're saying you're, you said you're miserable and I remember, I mean, I have a pretty photographic memory. I remember when we met last time here, and you, I remember you just looked exhausted. Like, I'd never seen you before. I'd seen you in magazines and stuff. But then when we met, I was like, man, like, you just looked tired. Yeah. 
Like, I think I can even remember, you're probably in this like blue track jacket kind of deal. I remember because I walked past the window and you guys were ordering food or something. And that's when I went inside and uh, <clears throat> I was looking at the, I, I was actually down here with the Thrice guys um, and Tepe, the same thing. Like, just like, dude, this is a grind. I mean, that tour was like three months. Yeah. You know, it's like three months nonstop. How did you, how did you deal with it? I mean, did you, I mean, did you kind of withdraw to yeah. stay in the, stay in the, the totally bus or the van or, I mean, <clears throat> you didn't get into drugs. You were probably, did you, did you experiment with drugs a little bit when you were younger and kind of get it out of your system or did you? I hit? did. And okay. then, uh, towards the end of the band, I, instead of getting it out of my system, I like just completely withdrew into drugs. Um, I'm actually, uh. Actually, let's see here. Sixty days over, dude! Congratulations, yeah. that's huge. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this is the first tour in a long time that I've been sober. Um, but first, the first thing that I did was I withdrew into just reading. Like I had one warp tour where I read every book that Thomas Pynchon ever wrote. Really? Which, if you know so V books like V, Gravity's Rainbow, you know, mm -hmm. lots of eleven hundred pagers, stuff yeah. like that. Um, <clears throat> And I just kind of lie in my bunk all day because I was so tired and I just read and read and read and people be like, you want to come? Nope. Whatever it is, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to stay in here and hide. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, I really, like, I really didn't deal with it well after a while. You know, there were a couple of years when we were coming up that it's just like more social than I'd ever been. I was really enjoying it, really mm -hmm. taking everything in. But then it should have like paced itself out a little bit and then we didn't. You know, we yeah. wouldn't every year hit the same city, you know, three, four times. Yeah. It's like, and that's just too much, you know, it's just mm -hmm. for anybody. Um, and, and for even fans, you know, we would see like diminishing returns because yeah, people are like, yeah, I saw them twice already this yeah. year. I'm, I'll see them next month when they come through and it's more convenient yeah, for me, you know? I'm good. <laughs> like they have the same songs they did then. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so you went from, <clears throat> so you'd experimented in what, earlier on and then towards the end of the band got back into it was it pills and things like that like easy stuff no, I guess you can't say easy I've been shocked at how many people I've talked to on this podcast and I just had Anthony Green on mm -hmm. and uh, we went pretty deep and I did not know he was doing heroin until three years ago mm. and he's got kids that are like six years old like he had kids mm -hmm. at the time and just to get through, like Xanax, heroin, all that stuff. And I had yeah. no idea. And we've been buddies for a long time. I had no idea. I thought yeah, you I think most of my weed. friends didn't like, know either. You yeah. Know. Did you, how did you, did you hide it from people? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like even the band? Everybody. Everybody. So I mean, even I was in a band, you were I was in a lot of show. Yeah. I would only use in the bathroom. I would, I was a get up to go to work type. But like when I was home for the last bunch of years before the reunion, like I would go to work. Just be like, all right, time to go to work. I get high, like you know what I mean. Like, gotta. And after a while, like your brain chemistry just stops making all the stuff you need because mm -hmm. you're getting it for free. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, it's that pretty much. I mean, without going into too much detail, you know, still in the first ninety days, I'm still like, yeah, feeling out what sure. I'm talking about. You don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk. But about. But yeah, no, it's um, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it was only the people closest to me that really started to be like. You know, you're different like you're yeah. different a lot and you know what I mean I can yeah. tell some things up and <clears throat> you know as my partner started finding stuff around that it was hidden around you know she'd be like the fuck is 
this. You know what I mean? Be like, yeah. Oh, oh shit. So she's a fucking saint, you know. Um, she helped me get sober. Um, I'm a lucky guy. I'm a truly lucky guy. I really am. So I'm just trying to, like, be worthy of being so lucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's good for people to hear that stuff, too, because people don't realize, like you said, when you're, you know, up on the stage, they're like, oh, my God, I want to do that so bad. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is, you know, maybe you're not, maybe you just ate a really bad hamburger and you're about ready to shit your pants and you're just trying to, you know, put on a show or and you have the flu. Or, yeah, it's yeah, brutal. It's, brutal. it's uh, you, you haven't slept in three days. You're completely miserable. They don't see that. No, yeah, and it's like... Um, it's just strange, man. Like when people see you as a symbol of something rad that they like, it's sometimes hard to remember that you're also just a person and like maybe you're having a f- fucked up day. And you know, the second you sit down to eat your first bite of food, it's like, can you get up and take a picture with me? And you're like, oh man, I just wanted to eat dinner, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Like, um, I try to remember that that's like, whatever that's a normal thing to do, and that you know people just don't see that stuff sometimes so I try not to get upset about it but mm-hmm. sometimes you know if you haven't been home in a long time if you haven't had any privacy in a long time yeah. shit is hard it's hard to deal with you know I get why people get shitty why you know I even get why some people act like rock stars it's like their only defense mechanism mm-hmm. you know what I mean so um, just trying to be aware of it and just try to be real with people you yeah. know like hey I will be around later mm-hmm. please please let me eat dinner yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's like, I'm truly not. And I know it probably feels a little weird to have me be like, no, I'm trying to eat dinner, but I'll be around later and whatever you, whatever you want. Like, yeah. I'm sure you're awesome. I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> you just know? let me have five minutes. Just, yeah, I just, you know? I really, like, I haven't eaten yet and I'm tired. I slept in a little tiny coffin last night. You know what I mean? Like, just... Just give me an allowance for being a human, you know? Like, I think today a barista who made me coffee... I was like, either she uh, was about to ask me if I'm um, Jeff from Thursday, or she was about to ask me if I'm okay. I had no idea. Cause she was like, she was like, hey, um, never mind. And I was like, what? She's no, no, never, never mind. And I was like, love the G or I was like, ah, okay, sorry, I just woke up. I don't like, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, do I? I don't know. Who knows? You know, it's like that ambiguity can be really strange. Yeah, absolutely. And how? Is it weird? I guess I always don't have to phrase this question the right way, but because it sounds almost insulting, which I don't mean mm-hmm. it that way at all. But when everyone in a room paid to see you do something and wants to meet you and see you, but not because of you, but because of who they see you as, does that skew your reality a little bit when you're home? Let's say you're at the with the barista, like. You're so used to people knowing you as Jeff from Thursday, not Jeff Rickley, my buddy, or Jeff Rickley, the guy I work with. That it even crossed your mind that maybe she thinks, you know, to even associate that. Right. Does that bleed into your life a lot to where, you know, those fake relationships, I guess. Yeah, not too much for me. Um, I I heard that Louis C.K. story where he said that. So a woman came up to me on the camera and was like, you take a picture. And he was like, oh, sorry, I don't do that. And she was like okay and asked the next person like will you take a picture of us and he was like oh sh- you weren't asking for a picture with me you were asking me to take a picture and i said i don't do that uh-huh. like i don't i don't help so people on the street. right like i don't help people who ask me to take a picture like i'm just not a friendly person sorry yeah. you know what i mean like uh, i think that kind of misunderstanding is 
great. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> For me, it doesn't happen enough to be a big deal. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's really funny. I, I honestly feel like for all the weird misunderstandings, like I have almost the ideal level of fan that you could possibly have, which is that there are like kind of a handful of people everywhere mm-hmm. that really appreciate the art that I make. They don't think I'm like, you know, nobody wants to necessarily look like me. I have fucked up teeth. Um, you know, like nobody thinks that I'm like some superhuman, you know, like we've always had a very like every man kind of vibe um but they appreciate the art and i can go anywhere do anything and never feel like afraid that i'm gonna get mobbed Mm -hmm. it's it's awesome unless you actually get fucking mugged (laughs) yes yes i wanted wanted to talk about those incidents briefly because i'm sure you've been asked a million times about these (laughs) but i was you know i was doing some research before today because i you know i've I was like looking for stuff that I hadn't heard before, and I literally did not hear about any of those incidents with you getting mugged. Yeah. And then poisoned? Yeah, I mean, like roofied. You got yeah. roofied at a fucking show? No, I stepped out to have a drink. Okay. Because I was first just getting clean, and I was like, maybe I can still have a drink, you know, uh-huh. or whatever, because I've never had tr- trouble with alcohol. And that night kind of changed my mind. Like, maybe I shouldn't go out and drink, too. But um, that was with Germany. No Devotion, right? This is no, no Devotion in Germany. The day our record came out, of course. Uh-huh. Didn't make it to the show. Like, the show was important. packed. I was in the hospital um, that night. It was hellish. I don't remember a lot of it because of the roofies. You know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, my mom... Uh, <laughs> Man. You know, I had to call my parents because they read about it and were like, oh, shit, he got mugged and drugged. Like, yeah. is he okay? So I called him. My mom was like, you have all the luck good and bad you literally have all the luck like Uh you live a charmed life but weird (laughs) shit happens to you like constantly when i was a kid weird shit would happen to me too i got mugged when i was a kid in new york city um are you serious how old were you 16 you were by yourself yeah oh i used to take it was the bus the bus from my parents house to the city was like a dollar 25 when i was a kid Uh uh-huh so I just go after school and go to 42nd Street by 40s. Uh-huh. Experiment with drugs, yeah. like you mentioned, you know. Um, you know, like whatever kid stuff, you know. Um, but yeah. Did you get like the shit beat out of you? No, I did get cut with like a knife. Uh, yeah. But I also was, and I was an asshole and resisted. You know, I didn't yeah. just give him. The three dollars that I had in my pocket. You fought for the three dollars. How will I get back home? Uh Right. Um, Can't call an Uber back then. Stiff them. (laughs) Didn't want to call my parents and be like, "I got mugged. Can you come get me?" But which is what I ended up having to do after I got cut. Um, Jesus Christ, dude! Is this has it happened to anyone else in the band? Or are you just the? I do seem to be a bit of a lightning rod for that kind of stuff. That's crazy. Do you did did that? I mean, I'm sure it affected you psychologically, but. Like, do you kind of shy away from things when you're, or do you just, you know, it's happened to you three times? Three no, times? No, no, twice. 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 The drugs was together. Okay. Yeah. When you're walking, like, in this area of town, in Portland especially, like, you're cruising around and, like, there's some pretty sketchy people around. Mm-hmm. Like, do you find yourself being afraid of that now? Or do you, or more like, I know what it feels like. I'm I not scared don't. of it anymore. No, it's neither really, like, because I don't want it to happen. But I don't feel afraid of it unless my lady's around. Mm -hmm. I do get concerned for it just because 
Um, I'm not tough, but I am very much a survivor, I feel like. And I generally trust that unless something really bad happens, I'm going to get through it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've you know, been through a lot on the road, the, you know, the food poisoning, the, you know, getting, falling off a stage, getting, you know, just getting hurt, getting, you know, just shit happening. Um, so, you know, I feel not invincible, but I feel like, you know, most of the time I'll bounce back. So, um, but yeah, with her, because I'm aware of how dark things can get, I do sometimes get scared with my lady, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I always want us to live in like a good neighborhood and stuff. Yeah. Well, you said when you were at home, you were, when you're, you would use before you went to work, what were you doing for, for work in, in this time off? I mean, did you, I mean, I don't know the financials or anything, but did you guys make enough money to not have day jobs for a while? Or did you immediately like uh, have to go get jobs? When we were on tour like more than 10 months a year. Then I usually didn't have to get a day job in okay. the two months that I was home. Yeah. But it was also like, because my expenses were so low. Cause mm-hmm. I, was, I was on tour and never spent my money on anything. You yeah. Know? I spent some PDs sometimes on coffee or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but like I'd come home and it'd be like, okay, you've been gone for 10 months. Here's all your paychecks all at once. And like, you have like two months of rent to pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. But no, when I got done with tour, I had about six months where I figure out what I was doing for a living. And by the end of like four, I was completely out of money for rent. So I had, jobs i had lots of jobs um first i worked in a kitchen store where i met like the love of my life she's mm-hmm. the best um that was like a just a random weird how kitchen i even store, like kitchen caboodle it's called whisk in new york and like kids would come in all the time thinking that i owned it <laughs> from thursday's kitchen store it's like no i make like 13 dollars an hour uh-huh. what are you talking about but you know i try to squash their dreams you know it's fucked up. oh yeah it was fucked up dude um and then, um, you know, there's a whole saga with me owning a record label. That was the best job I've ever had. That um, so that was Collect, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I did not know about that label until yesterday, and I did not know all of the shit that went down till yesterday. It's and I'm sure you've talked eventful. about that a million yeah. times. Yeah. And I, the the web that I was reading through was like, what that guy? And the, but that the, guy wasn't that guy back then. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Just, so everyone, the perception is, I mean, everyone's going to jump all over it. Mm. And, you know, how? Is, it, I'm lucky still, is bands, it still going? The label? Only with, no, the label's not going. The okay. saga's still going for me because, like, the way I had to close it down, I did a bunch of things wrong. And so, like, I owe, like, the government a shit ton of money for, like, getting, I didn't, like, file the right paperwork for one of, like, of all our employees, mm-hmm. like, so oh a ton of workmen's comp for the period where I didn't have any workers oh, shit. stuff like that so it's like yeah. I'll probably end up paying everything I make on this tour to the government but um, but you know I'm a big boy and I try to have big boy jobs so, you know sure um, yeah man it was just you know we were doing a really good job we were making records that sounded and looked great you know mm-hmm. we had a great designer Norm from Texas the reason was working for me Sean from Weekend was working for me um and it was just, I was really proud of it. Like that nothing record that relapsed put out last year. Like we made that record, mm-hmm. you know, like I paid for that record. I helped them like through with that record and the hotel your record that came out last year. Like we made that record. I paid for that record. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, these are all records that like would have been collect records. And, um, you know, we're signing even better bands like bands. I don't want to blow up their spot cause they haven't been dragged through the mud on yeah, this already. Sure. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, why bother? Yeah. Um, but 
I was really proud of what we were doing. And, you know, the reason that none of those bands were screwed or hate me is because, you know, I was taking money from somebody I didn't know that well. Yeah. So I wrote into all the contracts, like, if at any time any of the bands are unhappy, they can take their record and walk. Like, no strings attached. That's amazing. Just because I didn't ever want to be the guy. I didn't ever want to be the guy that was holding anybody back. Yeah. You know, like, I've been there. Yeah. You know? You have. So, you know, I feel lucky that, like, even though it was a fucking... Excuse me. Even even though it was just terrible, you can say whatever you okay, want. It's well, a podcast. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, you know, it was a lot to deal with. I had my name dragged through the mud. Like people would be like, "You must have known. You must not be a good guy." You know, just people jumping to all kinds of conclusions. Yeah. In the end, nobody dragged me through the mud. None of the bands. Everybody kind of went to bat for me because they knew that like the whole time I was trying to build something. Like, yeah. I was trying to do something nice for artists. Is honestly the truth. Yeah. And in the meantime, take a role that I thought. I could be good at this. I could help artists see their own vision more clearly. I could mm-hmm. support them and make them know, like, you are good. Yeah. You know, like, you really are. Because, like, artists, like, never get supported. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you look at, we're cutting, like, Trump wants to cut more, cut more funding from the arts, you know? Yeah. So, it's like. It's, it's outrageous. Just, yeah, I just wanted to give a little something to the artists and for free. Not yeah. like, you know, they'd be making, I'd be trying to make money off those records. Sure. But I wouldn't be trying to exploit them. Yeah. Just trying to have a partnership with them. Yeah. And, um. And like, you know, as much as he gets dragged through the mud, I'll say that, you know, the partner that I had, like, he constantly told me not to worry about the bottom line. Be like, we can lose a couple million dollars a year and it won't hurt me. I mean, there aren't many situations like that. This is that guy? Yeah. So it's like as much as, you know, as much as like there are a lot of things that he's done that I don't, that I don't agree with or don't get. Yeah. um, As far as like the arts and wanting to fund them, he was very sincere about that. And, uh, you know, it ended up kind of, you know, through his actions, like the, the label went down pretty fast. But before that, like his intentions were right on with the label. And I appreciate that still. You know, I do still appreciate that he was trying to build something nice for people. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And you can't bet someone's future actions. You, you can't. can't. You can't. You know, I tried to be cautious, mm-hmm. but it wasn't because of him. Yeah. I'll be honest. It wasn't because I got a bad vibe. It was just because like, I just don't trust people with money. Yeah. You know, in my experience... In my experience, people with money are often there because they've made decisions to screw somebody else over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know that's not really fair and that some people aren't like that, but like, that's just the experience that I've had. Sure. You know? So, um, you know, my parents were like teachers when I was growing up and then, you know, like, you know, they're just not, not super rich or anything like a good, you know, good enough living, but. Sure. But they're you know. doing something. They're progressing things along. Yeah. Like they're helping you know, they're helping people. Yeah. Like your parents probably as teachers, there's probably kids out there or adults out there now that that is why my life changed, you know? <clears throat> Maybe, yeah. I mean, they're, they've definitely changed my life. That's all I really know, you know, or made my life or all the stuff, you know, they're just great parents yeah. really is what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, no, I think, you know, I think um, I was a friend of mine, uh, lives here. He's my favorite poet in the world. A friend of mine lives here in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Matthew Dickman. He's just a brilliant, brilliant poet. And I was telling him today that I just think like artists need to look out for each other because artists are only valued in society for what they produce and how much it sells, mm-hmm. right? That's not what artists are here to do, though. Mm-hmm. No, I always think like we're killing our planet. We're we're ruining a lot of stuff. We're killing each other. The only thing that we have that can be protected really anymore is like our dream life, like mm-hmm. our, you know, our our hopes, our 
imagination your thoughts yeah so the the artists are kind of like the defenders of the thought world you know it's Mm -hmm. like something beautiful to think about somewhere you know something that can't be paved over to put condominiums up or whatever you know yeah um yeah. Until that ends up happening. Until right. mind control and, and that stuff starts happening. I mean, who yeah. knows what's going to happen? They're printing organs. Like, it's outrageous. They're we just dropped me. a bomb yeah. that the likes I've never even heard of until I saw that story. It's just like, my yeah, stomach like sank. Pretty ridiculous. We're reading the, and of course it was CNN, so it's inflated, but at the same time, it was like, it does what? For how far? To who? You know? It's downright scary. Yeah, it is. It you is. know, um, I mean, so now with with Thursday coming back, you're still doing no devotion, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's just kind of on on not we're hiatus, but on the yeah, back burner. Yeah, we're as working far on as stuff. It's not even on the back burner. We're just working on different stages. You know, Thursdays okay. on tour, we're writing. Yeah. So so how I want to kind of ask you how would describe to me that room when you guys sat down and decided to stop. Versus that room when you guys sat down and decided to get back together. I mean, oh, and you were in much different places, of course, but what was that like? I mean, all I can really say about when we decided to stop is that um, the letter that we wrote to the public was a very mild thing, but something had happened behind the scenes that we've never shared with anybody that was really hard. And we almost didn't even talk about it. We just said, you can't do this right. Like it doesn't, and everybody's like, I can't do this. Everybody's like, I can't, do, I can't do this anymore. So, um, it just happened literally in the space of one practice, and we we're just like, fuck, I can't do really? this anymore at all. Yeah, and we never wanted to share with everybody what happened because we know the band's important to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. it would have really put one of our members in a very, very uncomfortable position where mm-hmm. it's not his fault, but something happened that sure. which is what it, we didn't want shared. And I just thought we would never do it again. It was, it was just really hard. And I tried for months to not think about it as like a terrible thing. Just think, you know, everything runs its course. Yeah. I've been really lucky to do this so long. I've made a lot of art I'm proud of. Like I love the mark we left and that's it, you know? And now, you know, I'll make some other art, but I don't think I'll ever do it like that. You know, I don't think I could do it like that again. I could never start from the bottom and just do like, you know, 10 years of work or 15 years of work like mm-hmm. we did. Um, and when we, we got back together, we'd been spending time together again. And we had just been like getting to know each other again and getting close again, getting to love each other again. And it wasn't even so we could do Thursday. It was just Everybody missed each other so much. So you guys were apart that whole time? Yeah, for five years, I thought we'll never be in the same room together. We There was a wedding where, like, not the whole band didn't come, and it was just, there's some really, really tough stuff in yeah. there. It's family. I yeah. Mean, it's, family. it's tough. People don't realize. And, like, we're really family. Like, Tim, our bass player, married Steve, our guitar player's sister, and they mm-hmm. have kids. And then Tom has a kid named Tucker, our drummer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're really a family. Yeah. Like, and I'm an only child. These guys are the only brothers I've ever known, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, it was really hard. And I think I didn't want to really admit how hard it was. You know, I just wanted to kind of chug along and be okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, just find my place, find my place, you know? Um, but, man, the you know, when we decided to do it again and, and, and the reaction was so crazy, so so much more than I thought it would be. 
it's really it's really cool and right now this tour it's like the best we've ever played it's like the most fun i've ever had on stage it's just it's so cool i'm trying not to miss a minute of it you know i'm really glad to be doing this tour sober because i can really like yeah. keep it with me you know yeah so, I mean, your presence on stage now with this tour, I mean, does it feel, I mean, it's got to feel markedly, markedly different than when you were, when you were using, but mm-hmm. I mean, and I was only using it Thursday at the very end, yeah. you know, um, but that was, you know, still a five or six year window in there where I got deep. And, uh, and so there's a lot of United Nations when I was like, just just fucked I was just just out of my mind on stage and a lot of no devotion where I was just like totally totally glazed over which is a shame because that's some of my proudest stuff is mm-hmm. that no devotion record and I love those guys it's and a like, beautiful record yeah I love that it's, record I mean sometimes I hear it and I can hear certain songs where like I was in a different place yeah it almost fit the music you know um, did but, it affect your output in a way that you're happy with I guess is a strange question yeah, but that's really interesting that you say that because I actually think like um, a lot of that stuff was pretty early in my using and I was still able to get to a place where I would like loosen me up and make me more creative and I I, I hate to say that because I don't think there's any real positivity in that stuff mm-hmm. but but I also think that like when you just look at it as like only a place of shame and, and destruction there's a reason why people get sucked down the hole it's because at first there's like a very freeing aspect to it, mm-hmm. but you know, you're trading 10 years of life for like, a, you know, a few weeks or a few months of like feeling good and creative and social and happy mm-hmm. and painless and you know, all this other stuff. So it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, it's like, I, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to look at all of it, you yeah. know, but, uh, but it's interesting that you say that because I mean, there are just funny things that I'll read every so often and, and it'll just, it's just such a strange thing. Like, did you hear the thing about the Swedish government officials that were busted using medical grade heroin to stay younger? I mean, that's crazy. Like, yeah. There was a doctor that was administering yeah. it to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just don't think about that as something that would happen mm-hmm. um, to stay young. Yeah. Cause it slows the aging process. Like that's crazy. You know what I mean? Cause like you're killing yourself in so many other ways by yeah. doing that. Yeah. But you're so vain that you don't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so weird. It's that live fast, die young, uh, right, or leave right. a good-looking corpse, or whatever. That's it. Leave a good-looking corpse. Yeah, that's it. It's it's funny. Um, yeah, that's that's outrageous. I mean, yeah. I've never I've never gone down that road. My brother went down that road from uh, pain pills from a knee surgery, okay. and it got too expensive, way. so he switched. Mm, that's a very good and he comment. never shot. He just he smoked it in his oh, car. Wow. It's still very the dangerous. free base, whatever it is. And Anthony and I were talking, and he said, now still, when he walks past a cigarette pack on the ground, he's like, oh, man, maybe someone dropped their shit. Right. And it's, that's the first thing that comes to his mind. Mm-hmm. And that's just it's so crazy to me. And, and I just... When I get to a place like Berkeley that we played two yeah. days ago, I just... <laughs> or Portland, you know? I just... I can recognize the corner that's the drug corner. I just see it, and I'm like, that's where you buy drugs. I know it. And you're right, you're parked you know, right there. Yeah. You're literally parked in a fucking bus. Yeah. In the middle. It's tough, man. That's why I have to, like, I have to find a meeting and go to every day on the road because I see it and it's just other people would walk past and be like, I'm going to Voodoo Donuts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. can't walk down there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just know it. I know it. Like, I can see, I can see which kids that are 
grounding change or actually selling drugs. Like I just know yeah. it's really weird. It's like x-ray vision. Um, and also if I let my mind wander, yeah. I won't consciously go to buy drugs, but I'll end up hanging around that corner for some reason. Just putting yourself yeah, in that familiar it, yeah, spot. Yeah, there's just the, that subconscious part of your brain that's just like autopilot. Get you back there. It'll you know be that I mean? way the rest of your life too. Yeah, that's what they say. We'll see. And that's, I mean, you've got a really good outlook on things, <laughs> I think, and and you've always at least portrayed yourself as a very happy, upbeat person. Generally, I am. Have genuine. you ever seen BoJack Horseman? Yes. Okay. The cartoon? So, yes. Yeah. Do you know the character Mr. Peanut Butter? Yes. My friends joke around that I'm Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, just generally pretty excited. I'm like, just smiling, easily distracted, and smiling and friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dude, so yeah. That's so, amazing. I'm a generally pretty happy person. But That's amazing. Which just goes to show you that really anybody can have a vulnerable moment and get exactly get trapped down in it. Exactly. And it's how you, how you either come out of it or deal with it that really says something. I mean, you were into it for years. You're 90 days sober now. No, right? uh, 60, 70, 70. I'm actually yeah, 77 or first 90 yeah. days. First in 90 the first days, 90. Yeah, in the, the first, first 90, 90 is kind of that key period. Yeah. yeah. After that, it gets uh, supposedly it gets much easier. We'll see. So you have? Does Jeff find a meeting in the towns you go no, to? I find, and have, you find I it make yourself? it part of my little ritual. Yeah. Okay. And when you so when did uh, I guess did you sit down with the guys and discuss what it what you had been into and did you have like a, a moment with them where you kind of let them know what's going on so of course like you go out back out on the road like hey I cannot do this I cannot do this yeah okay. it kind of came I told them pretty early mm -hmm. I'm not into using but when we started hanging out again and then and then before we decided to start playing there was a get together where like you know they were like okay I thought you were you you know what I mean like I think they were like okay so just still fucked up you know yeah um and then I think that's a concern is like can we even do this like will we put his mm -hmm. life in danger will he put us in danger you know like what what's the deal and so you know it became pretty important to me to get clean before we went on tour yeah um and yeah and I've been able to do it so I'm pretty crazy yeah um, you got a lot to fight for too i mean oh man you built these things it's crazy it's know? crazy every day like man i just usually most days there's been a couple days that have been hard first day tour is really hard i wasn't used to everybody hitting me up texting me asking mm -hmm. for guest lists asking to hang out trying to buy me a beer like that was really overwhelming and yeah. i got into kind of a i put myself in a state where i was like hiding in the bathroom hiding on the bus hiding and just hiding yeah uh, I didn't even see some of my family members, which is just ridiculous. They um, came out to see you or children yeah, down? It was, it was a Boston show, and I'm, like, my family's from Providence, so mm -hmm. it was like, it was just weird that I didn't see them. But that was the only time when I was, like, thinking, I'm not going to get through this, you know? Like, I'm going to go outside and find something, yeah. you know? Um, but that was just the beginning, and that was the shock of the new, yeah. you know? And getting through that and getting on to the next city... I started to realize I am going to be able to do it. And then, like, maybe, like, L.A. or maybe Arizona before L.A., I thought, oh, actually, I'm so much better on stage now than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And I'm clean and I'm here. Because I think there's a party that says maybe I'm not good enough if I'm not high. Or maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I don't have the energy for this. Or I don't, I just, it's too painful. Or Sure. 
I'm exposing too much of my heart or whatever, you know, there's just, you get all these crazy ideas in your head that, you know, you think, well, if I was using it, it'd be easier. And, uh, and then at some point you find that to be a lie and you realize you're better off when you're brave and you just do it. Yeah. Um, and you're present for it, you know, all of it, the pain and, and you know, the, the fun and everything. Um, and so that was like, just, I mean, that's, this tour has given me a lot that way. You yeah. know, I was like, Oh, I'm better this way. I'm better as myself. Yeah. Even with all my problems, I'm better as myself. It's know? almost dangerous to do a tour like this so soon after getting clean, but actually going out there and pushing through it, it's probably the, the best thing you could do is like, yeah. all right, to the lions. If I don't make it, I don't make it. I think it was you a little know? bit like that. Like it was like, this is either going to be the best thing for him or the worst thing. Yeah. And we'll find out when we find out. I guess it's yeah. kind of the way my band was probably looking at it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but right now, you know, more than halfway in. Yeah. It seems like it's the best thing for me, so. That's unreal, man. And isn't it so weird that as a creative person, I mean, you trust your mind so much with your art and your output, but at the same time, that thing you trust will turn its back on you when it wants something. Isn't that just strange to think about? I mean, like. It's super strange to think You're about. up there emoting everything. You're putting everything out there that you created and it's so true and pure going right out into people's ears. Right. And then the second you're away from that and you're on a street, your mind's like, nope, fuck you, Jeff. Yeah. We're getting some of this. Yeah. It's better. This will be better. Yeah. This will be better. Distorting reality. Like you can't do this, dude. You it's can't do this. It's a full distorting reality. Yeah. It is. It is. It's really, that's why it's so hard for people to get. Clean. Yeah. It's not that they don't want to. It's not that they don't know what's good for them. It's nothing like that. It's the part of them that they can't quantify that doesn't care yeah it doesn't want anything except to feel good yeah you know it's really that's really it really it, i mean yeah i get people a lot better now that's all i'll really say about that but i get people a lot better i understand a lot of my favorite artists better i understand people that i didn't understand when i was younger i understand mm -hmm. addicts i get it. i get it because you, you don't you don't understand either mm -hmm. yeah you can't figure out why you can't stop either and you make, you know, prom promises to yourself every day that you don't follow. And it's just fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. There are times that you would swear you weren't high. But, like, some part of you, like, broke and went and did it and, like, buried the memory from you. It's like, that shit can happen. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. I did something really radical to get out of my active addiction. And, uh... And when I started, I started having dreams. And I started really one morning, and I started having like these scenes come back to me, like maybe two weeks sober. Of times that I was sure I was like, you know, that time that I was two weeks sober there, three weeks sober there, and I suddenly remember like my brain having shut off and walking up to a coin, doing things that I thought I did sober. I was actually high for like so crazy, like <laughs> shut down my conscious mind, just went on autopilot to yeah. get it. After I finished using it, put me back online and said, "Go ahead." All right, now you deal with this. Yeah. It's like so, that ambient shit where people like made a turkey overnight and they don't know who the fuck made a turkey. Tom, our guitar player, he does things in his sleep. And on the tour bus, it's crazy. Like, it used to just be sleep eating. Because you can't wake him up. Like, they'll freak, freak out. out. Yeah. So, like, and if you talk to them, they just kind of look at you for a second and keep doing what they're doing, but they're not awake. Uh -huh. So we'd be like, oh, you eating something there? Like, 
<laughs> and they don't choke or anything. They just do it. Like No, there's a really crazy story that I'll tell you later about Tom dreaming about cooking fried chicken. Oh, no. Okay. And what he was actually doing. Oh, it's, God. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Well, I mean, I, I guess I didn't mean to. I didn't even, I have all these notes. That I mean, yeah, you just put them down. I this love is, that. I, You're I, like, okay, now that I know this, we're going somewhere else. With the else. podcast thing, like, I, you know, there's someone I want to talk to. And sometimes there are people I know. Sometimes there are people I don't. And, uh, but I do my due diligence. I, I, I prepare mm-hmm. two, three pages of notes. 90% of the time, I don't even touch them because mm-hmm. we just get onto something. And that's what's so wonderful about the podcast thing. You can say what you want. And this is a radio show, too. It's on Adobe Radio. So mm-hmm. they're also uncensored because streaming. So we can say what we want, do what we want, and just have conversation because no one talks anymore. It's mm-hmm. all text, you know. Uh, and then when listeners, you know, see a name they like and they look at, listen to the podcast, and then I get an email saying, I had no idea. I mean, this was eye-opening. Mm. That feels good, too, because it's like, you know, yeah. it's it's real. You know? Yeah, and you brought up Anthony, and he's like, he's been a brother to me over the years, you know? Like, yeah, we have a lot of the same friends. He's, hel- he's Colin helped me get through stuff. 12 you know? blocks from me, and I That's didn't right, even Colin's know. Here. I got to hit him up, yeah. <laughs> there was stuff that I wanted to talk to Colin about. That's right, I got to get in touch with him today. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, texted him yesterday coming, to see if he was coming, and I was I like, yeah, I'm talking to Jeff tomorrow. He's like, and uh, he's like, dude, sorry, I'm the worst responder ever. We yeah. live close, and we've never been to each other's house. That's really but funny. We've been friends since like 2002. Mm-hmm. From this day forward, touring together. Yeah, us too. Yeah, I remember they said, "Dude, we got a tour Thursday," and we're like, "Holy shit!" Man, that tour was fun. That was yeah. They they had a blast on that, but um, we had too much fun on that. Yeah. Well, dude, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I know pleasure. it's busy time, and that's why I never do it on on the road. Yeah, but this was mellow. This actually was probably calmer than my day would have been if I didn't do it. That's awesome. People running around, you know. Yeah, and I didn't mean to, you know, dig so far into that that stuff and have you talk about that. But, you know, I appreciate the openness on it and stuff, and hopefully it helps a little bit at least. And maybe it helps someone else. Like I said, that's what I'd hope more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are just lucky people. I see you doing a great job. And And he's got, like, beautiful kids and. He does. Oh, and his wife pretty much saved his life. She's awesome. Much like your partner you were yeah. talking about. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the luckiest guy. I try not to get too into that because she's also a fairly public person. Mm-hmm. She's on TV and stuff. But she's just she's <laughs> incredible, you know. She really is. She's a, I'm just, some days I can't believe how lucky I got. Yeah. But, just got to remember that, dude. That's yeah. how you'll get through it. It is. It is. That gratitude is so important to staying sober. It really is. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, guys. That was my conversation with Jeff Rickley from Thursday, No Devotion, and the United Nations. Thursday uh, was a huge part of our life, as I said before, a huge part of our musical uh, upbringing, if you will, and uh, got us into a lot of things. So really appreciative to Jeff and crew. Uh, Also, big thanks to Paul uh, for setting up the interview and uh, hooking all this up and... uh, yeah, it was a great time. So uh, once again, we are at purepleasurepodcast.com. Check, check out the site. Go and uh, hang out, spend some time, look at old guests, and uh, definitely leave us a comment or a message. Uh, purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email. Shoot me a line, uh, guest requests, uh, comments, concerns, any of that stuff. Uh, we love to hear it. Um, and we are on Adobe Radio, so if this is longer than an hour, uh, this interview will be cut short 
on Adobe, but you can always download it on iTunes right afterwards. So download, rate, subscribe, give it a five-star review, uh, throw some words in there, and uh, we really appreciate that. So once again, thanks to Jeff Rickley, thanks to Paul, and uh, for getting everything set up. Thanks to Mike Mowry for hooking me up with Paul. And uh, again, thanks to my producer, Joe, and uh, everyone on the staff for doing a great job. So we'll see you on the radio. Hey, this is Doc Coyle, host of the X-Man Podcast and part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. The X-Man Podcast is where I talk to professionals in the music world and other creative industries about the challenges and transitions of leaving monumental ventures. This podcast is for those passionate and driven 20 to 30-somethings at a crossroad trying to figure out what's next. Listen and subscribe at jabberjawmedia.com.